to the second episode of Self-Care Sunday, a minimalist media project by me, Kaylee Reed. Every Sunday, only on Sundays, I'll release a new podcast episode exploring topics like mental health, entrepreneurship, burnout, social media, feminism, and of course, self-care. We're putting women, complex, raw, and authentic women at the center of our media and behind the creation of it. Today's episode features one of those complex, raw, and authentic women, Sophie Gray. Sophie is an Edmonton-based social media maven and the girl behind Way of Gray. You've probably seen her on your Insta feed or in articles by Cosmopolitan, Self, and Huffington Post. Sophie is obsessed with helping you reconnect with your inner self. She's a meditation expert, a journaling pro, and loves nothing more than helping people dive deeper into themselves to find the stillness within. Through her channel, formerly known as Way of Grey, she shares her tips, tricks, and cuddly puppies. She's amassed an audience of over 500,000 followers, but not without struggles of her own. And while she started out as a hashtag Fitzbo influencer, she recently made the decision to stop posting fitness and bikini photos on Instagram. The shift towards a more real, behind-the-scenes, and unfiltered version of her life has catapulted her as a leader in the self-care space, and I'm so honored to have her on our podcast to talk about her journey today. But before we get into today's episode, I want to talk about our podcast partner, Lisa. I love my Lisa mattress so much. It is the comfiest memory foam I have ever slept on. And if you're looking for a new mattress, it's super easy to order online and have it delivered directly to your doorstep. You can use the code SELFCARE at the checkout at lisa.com for $100 off your mattress. That's SELFCARE for $100 off at leesa.com. Now let's get into today's episode. Sophie, thank you so much for joining me for the first season of Self-Care Sunday. When your team reached out about some sort of partnership, I thought, absolutely, we need a podcast to happen. So I'm so happy that we could make it work. Well, talking is one of my favorite things. So thank you for allowing me to do that and for having me on. I'm so excited to talk. So let's start with your journey. So who was Sophie before Way of Grey? Okay, so who is Sophie Gray before Way of Gray? Well, before I dived into the internet space, and even now still, I like to think of myself as like a pretty regular person. I played sports all throughout my youth. I have my two parents. I, I'm the youngest of three girls, so I'm four years younger than my middle sister, so I was definitely the baby growing up. Within that, like I had my group of girlfriends, I had problems with boys and all of the regular things that I think youth are going through, except for I was fortunate enough that Instagram wasn't a thing and Twitter wasn't a thing, so like I can't even imagine growing up the way that I did and had the problems that I had and now having that on social media, but that's a whole other conversation. So yeah, before I was way of great, I was just living my life. I was a server, I was interested in nutrition and fitness but had no idea that it would have became my entire life like it did. So you started as a fitness Instagrammer in what we would call the Fitzbo corner of the internet and that's where you kind of blew up and started growing a following but as is with social media things on the outside looking in always look better and brighter and more put together than they actually are. Um, but what was the moment in which you decided, I'm done with the bikini pics, the ab selfies? What pushed you to say no more to those kind of 
picture-perfect posts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like when I had started my Instagram account, I always like want to make it really clear that I never intentionally was someone I wasn't. I was so wanting acceptance from my own interior world that I was willing to compromise what I actually valued and what I actually stood for because I I had wanted that acceptance because I wasn't accepting myself. So when I had started Way of Grey, I feel like I just kind of fell into this fitness person. And as much as I worked out and as much as I ate well, I was never really an embodiment of that person. And I feel like there are so many great people in that field that truly like fitness and nutrition is their world. But that was never the case for me. But it took me three and a half to almost four years of being that person to be like, whoa, okay, I need to honor myself. And I actually had a panic attack on an airplane that kind of rocked my entire world and caused me to need to take a step back and be like, okay, how am I showing up and how does this not align to who I truly feel like I am or who like my values and how I see myself and what changes do I have to make? So within that, it was June 2016, I made this kind of like vow to myself to journey inside and to journey through my experiences. And within that personal decision, Way of Grey took a massive transition and I stepped out of that fitspo like area on social media because I felt terrible about myself and I know what was going on behind my photo shoots. I was stressed out. I was anxious. I wasn't eating. And then I was having people and youth telling me that I looked like I had this perfect life and they were so jealous of me. But then I knew that I was falling apart. So it just didn't, it doesn't make sense. Like we are portraying these perfect worlds and then that puts it on other people. And then we then go see other people's perfect world and that puts it on us. And then we're all in this like shame spiral that we're feeding, we are feeding into because we're society, myself included. And I needed to step away for that, for my own mental health. And then that just transitioned into that, um, what way of gray is now in the conversations that I'm having through the platform. Mm, That's amazing. And I feel like that kind of self-awareness too is can be hard to get to like when you are when you are growing through a platform through your Instagram account when you have so many followers and a growing following it must have been I don't know kind of hard to say actually I want to shift gears a little bit was that a challenge for you at all or did you feel 100% that was what you needed to do Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, I think it really took like a year for me to really see this very clearly. But to me, Way of Grey was that mask. And it was like a really good way for me to protect my truth. And okay, so if someone doesn't like Way of Grey, well, that's not me. So I don't care. But when I decided that that mask had to come off and Sophie Grey was the one that was behind it, just shaking, so terrified and so insecure in her own experiences, it was difficult to then bear that to everyone else. There was no mask for me to hide behind. There was no persona, no Instagram handle. And to show up authentically within myself when I'm already struggling with that and doing that through social media, it was like a crash course and so necessary for them to happen alongside of one another. And I am so grateful but it was an incredibly interesting experience to navigate myself as I was navigating my public image. <laughs> so what's interesting is I actually started following you after the shift in your content. So I, yeah, so I didn't even know who Way of Grey was kind of before this new like self-love 
totally authentic era that you're going through, um, which I find interesting. And I think for the exact reasons why you started posting like that more real shit a good friend of mine followed you for a long time and she she was like oh my gosh like you need to follow Sophie she started posting all of these amazing like no makeup selfies she's getting real about her anxiety like it's so inspiring and that was when I started following you um but I'm curious because I I remember like looking you up after my friend had mentioned that you were posting all this really inspiring content and I saw the headlines it was like Way of Grey loses 70,000 followers from not posting bikini pics. And, and I was like, wait, what? Like, what is going on? And I was so interested by your story. What was that whole shift like? Did Like, what did that tell you about your audience? Did you feel betrayed that people were unfollowing you? Did it feel relieving? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Uh, I love, like, this is... I feel like when that experience happened, that was like my first real experience with the way that the media works. Cause like a lot of them were saying that I lost 70,000 followers in a day. And I'm like, wow, way to like take that entirely out of context. Cause it was over like a, well over a year. <laughs> I, just, I, th- I thought that was hilarious. The way of course, whatever's grabbing people's attention, but yeah, it was, I really, there's two sides of that story. Like I feel, of course, if someone was following something fitness related and they no longer wanted to see that, that's one side. And that's definitely, I'm sure would have been a huge chunk of that. But I also think with that loss of following and with me even noticing from the engagement side, so Instagram has really turned its platform into something that I am actually happy that it wasn't like when I initially had started, because if I had seen, okay, so if I post this, I get more engagement. So I get more likes, so I get more validation. I feel like that would have spiraled me even deeper into that hole, but it is really, it it has been a really interesting thing to see what people um, engage with. And when people talk about how society needs to change and society is to blame, there needs to be some accountability within that because we are society. I am, am society. I'm the one that is shopping at these stores that are only promoting a certain type of body image. And we all are doing those kinds of things, of course, with the exception of a few people. So when people are against, yeah, society, I think, this showed me that we are a part of that movement and the photos with the makeup list selfies and photos with more like with conversations that are asking people to dive inward when they don't get the intention that ab selfies did it's like okay so what's going on and I think that lesson really showed me that people don't really want to be reminded of the experiences that they're facing and I get it it's painful it's hard to sit with yourself it's hard to look inside and dive through what you're going through And I feel like that shift in my account really kind of brought up a lot of that for people and people want to reject that. And I do think that has a, like was shown in not only the engagement, but the 70,000 people that was not over a day. (laughs) Quote unquote. Yeah. So, so hilarious. But yeah, again, I, I'm stepping outside of myself and not taking things personally. This is a beautiful journey that we are all on and I'm going to resonate with different people. And the more that I got solid within myself, the less that that external influence, external loss, external amount of followers impacted my experience internally. And I love your perspective on kind of all of us 
contributing to society and to the media because you're right we live in an era where we are all content creators and the things that we're posting online the things that we're sharing the places we're shopping it all perpetuates the system that we're living in now that you kind of have been much more open about your own journey do you still see way of gray as separate from sophie or is it all one yeah i'm in a really interesting phase right now where i really think it's time to retire what like the name way of gray and i'm in conversations to get that handle of sophie gray so we'll see where that turns but i don't view them i feel like I feel like for a long time I really was angry at Fitness Sophie for leading that experience and journey that she was on and that I think is another way for me to be mad at myself. So I did work through not being mad at that experience I had because it has led me here and I ultimately wouldn't have the opportunities and this experience and insight if I wasn't led down that journey. So I did have to do a lot of healing around so this way of great experience, that was still a part of me and a beautiful part of me. And it was kind of like it came to its necessary end. I feel like the concept of death in Western society is really fascinating how we are just like so terrified of it. But I embrace that and I acknowledge that we all go through deaths within our like our human experience here. And that is death of your former self. And I feel like way of gray and that personality has kind of played its its experience out and it is time to lay it down. <laughs> yeah, no, I I feel that wholeheartedly and I think that there is a lot of beauty in letting go of things even if it's something that has been really close to you for a long time or it was a big part of your journey. It can be really refreshing to kind of be able to start a new chapter and I've definitely experienced that kind of more recently with stepping away from where your label and kind of focusing on this new chapter of self-care Sunday and and really being introspective about who Kaylee is apart from where your label and I don't know if you felt this as well but for a long time like I I felt really defined by this company that I had created and I had kind of lost who Kaylee was in the process I think there is so much beauty in in taking those steps to be more authentic to yourself and to, I don't know, live wholeheartedly as Sophie. I think that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's really funny. Like even the concept, I'm working with this concept, but even like the concept of Sophie and who this person is, it's, I watched this um, Jim Carrey. If I'm sure people kind of view him as like, he went a little bit crazy in the regard that he's like saying some like really spiritual stuff. But I watched this, you know, that driving in cars with celebrities or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the Seinfeld guy, Jerry Seinfeld, he, the, uh, my girlfriend and I talked about it yesterday and then I ended up watching it, but the, he had like asked their waitress what her name was and she was like, or who she was and she was like, I'm Molly and he's like, you're not just Molly, you don't even know that yet. Just like the bigger concept of who are we and what are we here on earth to do, I think is an entire other podcast and something I'll <laughs> dive into another day. And so with kind of where you're at now, how would you describe Sophie? I really think like the big kind of theme throughout the experience that I'm having and what I am internally and through my work, I definitely think I'm wanting to return to like this, this sense of stillness. I did actually a five day kind of like challenge. Wasn't really a challenge. There was, it wasn't challenging. I think the concept is, but 
I would say that for me, who I am and who I'm showing up as is someone that I want to be moving through from stillness within my life, from this place internally within where I'm able to close my eyes and not have racing thoughts, where I'm able to come into my heart center and just live from that experience. And to me, that I guess represented in stillness. I feel like with my experiences with anxiety and my experiences with the depression, I lived really in my head a lot and had those racing thoughts that I felt very defined by. So I feel like as I move forward with my work and with myself personally, I think really dropping into that stillness and that home that we all have that exists within us and moving through there. And I don't know what that involves in the journey and just trusting, I think, yeah, trusting my trusting my home that lives within me and moving from that place. As a storyteller and a content creator, do you ever get tired of telling certain aspects of your story or having people ask certain questions that are really personal? Like, for example, your experiences with anxiety or depression. Like, do you ever wish that you could just stop talking about that for a day? Yeah, I think I've like run that line of, okay, if I'm always talking about it, then am I always going to be stuck in that? And I really have to like work with that kind of mentality. Okay, if yeah, if I'm talking about it and am I not allowing it to move on? But I think coming again from this internal place, having those, sharing those outward experiences and those human experiences and not identifying with them has really helped me share them more effortlessly and I feel like I know that a lot of people relate to those stories and if I, it's not about me ultimately. It's not about Sophie Gray. It's not about Way of Gray. It's about the people that are needing support. So I'm totally willing. I feel like my journey in life has led me to have these experiences so that I can understand what people are going through. So I just trust in that. And yeah, it did take me a long time to be okay with sharing and not being still caught up in it. So Mm. when I can step out of it, it doesn't feel as draining as it had previously. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really important for advocates or really anybody who is kind of in this space to recognize that there sometimes are boundaries that you have to set for yourself um, to not let yourself slip back into that space, even if you are, you know, in a good headspace while while you're advocating or talking about something, are there certain boundaries that you set for yourself when you are talking about certain things or maybe things that you allow yourself to share and don't share online? Yeah, I I think the kind of shift that I made is when I'm really in the middle of something, I'm not necessarily going to share it until I have that insight from like the other side of that experience because I feel like if I'm sharing in the middle of it and that's not necessarily talking about like a bad day here and there but if I'm still in the midst of that learning experience I don't think I can show up properly and I really do urge advocates to do the same that again it's not about not being honest and like not sharing anything when you're going through something but it's considering sharing it differently and perhaps waiting until you've arrived at a place where you feel grounded in the lessons so that you can actually teach from the experience not from within the experience Mm, I love that advice that is so good okay fun question so (laughs) 
I'm curious, and I'm sure other people are also curious, what does a day in the life of Sophie look like? Like, what do you do in the morning, in the evening? Like, do you have a set day routine or is it always changing? Yeah, you know, I used to feel really guilty and like I used to feel not really want to share my routine because I feel like then people won't be able to relate to me because I don't necessarily live this typical life with a nine to five job. So I feel like that's something that I'm like that even that question like brings that up for me like people are gonna think you're like not working with my routine but (laughs) I feel like the creative side of me just works differently so that being said um right now I'm really honoring my mornings and really honoring um Ayurveda principles of kind of living your life in accordance to the doshas um which is another entire other conversation so in the morning I um like my uh fiance works at 10 so like we'll normally wake up around 7 we'll do some stretching we'll have like a meditation we'll get ready for the day and then we'll have breakfast together and then so this morning after he had left early so then I had meditated for like an hour and then I read for like an hour and a half which I say to me that is my work because that's the, um, where I feel like I get the most creative insight and then from there like today I came um, to the recording studio so I spend a lot of time courting meditations and journaling questions and things like that and then I'm on my email like during the day and just whenever I kind of like the creativity I feel like is like a forever a battle when it flows it flows and when it doesn't it doesn't so I really honor that but mostly I'm never working anytime past six to eight I feel like I used to work and then go straight to bed and that just really doesn't work for me I think my mornings are a little bit slower. My night times I have completely off. And then that in-between period is like when my creativity wants me to work, I'll work and get emails done and just like try to honor that the best that I can. Honestly, though, I think that that kind of self-awareness to set those those times and those boundaries for yourself, like not working until 10 p.m. and then going right to bed is a huge thing because we do live in this culture that values hustle so much and values this idea of being busy, whatever quote unquote busy is, (laughs) being able to take that time for yourself and recognize when you are most productive and when you are most creative is really important. Yeah. And I, I like, I know the times when I was like hustling the most is when I was like the least productive or the least I'm doing air quotes successful so when I can release that control and surrender to what my day wants to look like and again and I think it's so important to acknowledge that I know I'm so fortunate to have that flexibility and I understand there'll be people listening to this with nine to fives being like okay like I can't do that and I of course recognize that but then I think it's when you do have your time off how are you respecting yourself and setting those boundaries and getting off of your phone right like how much time are you spending when you're not at work on your phone or doing work things or being concerned with the way other people are living their lives instead of taking the time to sit with yourself. Do you have any favorite apps uh, that help you like keep track of your life or help with productivity or anything like that? You know, for, from a productivity standpoint, I actually, there's this book called Getting Things Done and it's the only thing I would ever recommend for anyone. Um, it's a really good way to clear out kind of like your mental chatter. I'm not sure if they have it in an app, but it is a book. So that's like the one tool that I'll use if I ever am like, okay, like I don't even know, like my to-do list is like unmanageable. It's not organized. I always go back to that system that they highlight within that book. So that's like my, I always like to recommend entrepreneurs or people with 
a lot going on, which I feel like is everyone these days, to take a look at that book. Okay, I definitely need to read that because I haven't read it yet. (laughs) Uh, What are you reading right now? Uh, So right now I'm actually reading um, that there's this scripture. If there's anyone that's like super yoga related, I apologize if my pronunciation is out of there, but it's the Gita, um, which is like this spiritual script from forever ago, like 4,000 years ago. (laughs) And it's an interpretation, or it's not an interpretation, but if anyone's heard of the, um, the autobiography of a yogi, so this that yogi wrote this interpretation of this book that like breaks down the principles within it. So it's like 500 pages. And it's, it's like, a, I'm reading a textbook right now and I'm not in university. That's so funny. But you know what? I love when people get super excited and nerdy about like niche things in their life. Like I have this one friend who is super into the pyramids in Egypt and like nerds out over the smallest details over the pyramids. And so, but it's like such a happy thing to hear people talk about things that they're obsessed with, even if you have no idea what it is. After reading this morning, I like text my fiance, like this paragraph upon paragraph. And I'm like, I don't care that you're at work, but I have so much insight that I must share with you right now. <laughs> Just like, that's the way that I read. And I think that's hilarious. I don't know if you ever really talk about your relationship much, but I'm curious as somebody who has such a big online presence and where you're constantly kind of putting snippets of your day online, has that affected your relationship at all? Or what does your fiance think of everything? Yeah, so I feel uh, I'm so fortunate. Riley's like the absolute best person ever for me and for my experiences. So when it comes to social media, like, I'm actually a very private person, which is like a really weird thing. Like you people, people wouldn't think that. But if you go on my social media, like you won't really find a lot of stories about my day to day life. Like I don't, it's not that I don't care to share that or I'm like keeping things like hush hush. It's just like, I'm not, I have no desire to document every single second. And it's always one of those things that I go back and forth being like, I should be like Instagram storying when I'm at at acupuncture and I'm like well no that time is for me and me taking that time allows me to show up through my channels better so when it comes to Riley's and I relationship like I haven't openly talked about it like I think I wrote um one blog article about like when we got engaged and people are interested in that and he's just been like he thinks it's hilarious that he's known as way of grace like fiance now, like he is a general manager of a restaurant here in Edmonton, and his servers will be like, "Oh, like your way of grace." Um, my boyfriend at the time was like, "Well, yeah, like I'm also like the general manager." Um, but yeah, like you, it's it's funny because his pro, pro uh, oh my gosh, his profile is private, and I had kind of said because whenever I like will tag him in it and think people will, like go to follow him, and I was like, okay, well, like if you want to be. Like, if you want to have a public profile, like, then we have to go through, like, and delete a bunch of photos, and then, like, you have to have, like, this way of great protocol of what you can and cannot post, which I don't think is being fake, but I think it's being, when you are in that public space, there are, like, boundaries to your personal life, and I do a lot of work with youth, and I am starting a nonprofit for youth, so then I have to show up where it's, like, if the parents were to go being, like, oh, this girl's organization is teaching my daughter this and then they see like inappropriate things on my page or on my fiance's page and inappropriate is a diff- like a defined word for it's different for everyone but I think there is still those boundaries that need to be set it's so funny because Instagram is definitely 
I think a love hate thing for everybody. I know there's days that I go on and I feel so inspired to post. And then other days I'm like, ugh, I hate the algorithm. I hate the feed. I hate everything about this platform. Sometimes I want to delete it. I hear friends being like, I need to go on a social media cleanse because it's just like becoming unhealthy. So as somebody who has built such an amazing following and community on Instagram, if it shut down tomorrow, would you feel hopeless or would you feel relieved? I feel like if this was a year ago, you'd asked me that question, I would have felt really frantic of being like, what is my life going to be then? I am this person, la la. From a place now, I don't even think it's necessarily relieved. I just feel like, okay, well, okay, world, okay, universe, we'll just go with that. But I also do think it is a beautiful tool to connect and the way that I want to use my channels and I'm using my channels is to connect with people and have them connect with themselves so like I would be upset if I wasn't able to share that message and I'm sure there'd be another platform that I would hop over to so yeah I think when it comes to social media in general that is personal boundaries and we like hate the device and we hate what that platform is but then it's like okay but why not instead look at our own tendencies to like latch onto those things and explore them and come from an internal approach instead of being like those extremes, right? From I'm going to be on it every second until I'm going to cleanse and never be on it again. I think that comes, there needs to be a conversation within if that's what you're experiencing to kind of reevaluate and look at how you're using the platform. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, any rules that you give yourself when using Instagram? Like for example, I think, two years ago maybe or a year and a half ago I decided I'm turning off all of my notifications because to constantly get notified when somebody likes or follows or anything is exhausting (laughs) and I can't imagine for somebody with like hundreds of thousands of followers what do you do to maintain some sort of balance with that yeah so I um I'm actually not like an Instagram like I post on Instagram but I'm not a scroller necessarily Um, but I like, again, nighttime. So normally if I'm like, as soon as I'm done work, which again is around that six to seven, I'm off of my phone until the next morning after my meditation and my, um, breakfast, which is never perfect, but that's normally how it goes. And then I normally take at least an entire day off of my phone in general on a Sunday. And then sometimes, um, like I'll just use my phone to text on Saturday and I won't go on social media. So those boundaries, just like, again, life is happening around us. It's not happening through social media. And I think really acknowledging that and that our awareness is the greatest gift that we can give to ourselves as well as those that are important to us. And that awareness can't be given when it's put onto a screen. Again, I don't think you have to be an influencer to have those boundaries. I think it's, it's, a, it's more about your personal well-being. And I think that's actually really cool that you are an influencer and yet you make a really conscious effort to disconnect from your phone like you would almost expect it to be the opposite so everybody if Sophie Gray can disconnect from her cell phone for a full day you can disconnect from your cell phone every once in a while like that of course was not the case for me before like I used to post every single day multiple times a day and I definitely am working I'm like haven't been posting as much lately which I want to get back to just because I, I do enjoy it when I'm in that flow but when I'm out of that flow it's like I couldn't even I don't even think about it but yeah again it's not um you don't have to be perfect at it but just again it's that if your social media isn't making you feel good then why are you spending that amount of time on it 
So I know I always hate this question because it reminds me of my senior year of high school, but I'm going to ask anyways, what is next for you? Or rather, what do you see the next chapter being this year? Mm-hmm. So I am launching in a few months an app that's really going to help people start a conversation with themselves. And I'm really excited about this project because it's not about me. Um, it's really my step back. It's an entire other like brand, I guess we could call it. So um, yeah, that's launching in a few months. And that's really where I see my future and my um, time going. And it's about, yeah, starting conversations with yourself by combining guided meditation and journaling. So I'm very excited about that. And then when it comes to myself personally and what I'm creating personally, I definitely am focusing more on my writing. I've always um, loved creative writing. And previously, like this last year or so, I started to write poetry. And I feel like even just saying that, I'm like, oh my gosh, so much judgment from inside. So I'm really working through my resistance to that and then sharing um, words that helps people, again, go inside and have that inner reflection and that inner conversation so that's what you're really going to be seeing through the way of gray sophie gray channel i love that i'm so excited for that app to launch and also i'm excited for for you to be writing more um i totally feel this like weird self-stigma with calling yourself a writer sometimes or like Mm -hmm. the idea of poetry people are like okay sure (laughs) but i love it i'm really excited for you Um, Okay, so I want to do our kind of final round of questions, which is the quick fire round. So every episode, we're asking a few set of questions that you can answer with like one word or a couple sentences, anything kind of short. So are you ready for it? Yes. Okay. What's your zodiac sign? I'm a Virgo. What inspires you? Um, capital self, so with a capital S, so your higher self. What intimidates you? Your lowercase self. What's one thing people don't know about you? My, the way that I sound, even though I'm Canadian, it's because my parents are Scottish, so it's like a weird combination of that. What's your favorite place in the world? I had a dog park in Edmonton, the Tulliger Dog Park. It's so relaxing. And what does your perfect self-care Sunday look like? I definitely would say a bath with tons of Epsom salt and actual flower petals, like dried flower petals that you could drink for tea because then I like literally am steeping in tea and it's glorious. Thank you so, so much for taking the time today. I guess my kind of end remark, because I did media training, so they always say end with something that you want people to know, (laughs) would be just to like go inside and not be so terrified of yourself. And I don't say inside as in indoors, I mean inside yourself and know that you are safe in your experience and that you are completely supported in whatever you're facing, mental health wise or just experiences within life, that you are safe and there is a home within you that you can access at any time. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Self-Care Sunday. If you want to find Sophie Gray, formerly known as Way of Gray, you can find her on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at Sophie Gray or at wayofgray.com. You can also get notified for future podcast episodes at selfcaresunday.co or find us on Instagram at selfcaresunday. And if you love the podcast so far, please, please, please leave a review and a rating on iTunes. It would help us out so much. Happy Self-Care Sunday, everyone. 